Hey, kings and queens, welcome to Define You Radio. I am your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace, and I am here with Queen Donna Barnes. She's a mother with a master's in clinical mental health counseling. She has been on the show before to discuss mental health, and you guys will hear her voice on a couple of more episodes, so just get familiar with her. She's going to help us with self-esteem, so let's go ahead and welcome Queen Donna to the show. Let me ask you this, because I think a lot of people get confused. What is the difference between self-esteem and self-confidence? Or is there really a difference? There is a little difference between self-esteem and self-confidence. So self-confidence usually comes first, and that's just having trust in your abilities and qualities in your judgment, not being indecisive um, as much. Because a lot of times it's hard for us to make decisions because we waver back and forth. So having that self-confidence is trusting our judgment, our decision-making skills, our qualities and our abilities. But self-esteem is a little similar Self-esteem, you have to have the confidence already in your own abilities and your own worth as as um, well as self-respect. So you can't have self-esteem without having the self-confidence because part of the self-esteem is having confidence. Hmm. So it would the order be self-confidence, self-esteem, and self-respect? Yes, because if you value yourself, if you have that confidence in your abilities, you trust your abilities in what you do, then that could boost your self-esteem. That means you can have a higher level of self-esteem than other people have. And when you have that higher level of self-esteem, then that comes that self-respect. You're going to know what you're worth and you're going to know what you're not settling for and what you're not going to tolerate. Um, now I want to kind of take it here because a lot of times people will call people cocky, you know, when they seem to have a high self-esteem. What are your thoughts about that? Because I've I've been called, I don't know if cocky is the word that I'm looking for, but um, when I started loving myself and my self-esteem raised, you know, you kind of carry yourself different, but other people will often take that as being cocky. Your thoughts? And some people do. Some people be like, oh, you're cocky or you're arrogant. And no, that is not the case. That's their perception of who you have become. But that that, that does not necessarily mean that it's who you have become. Once you raise your self-esteem because you have that self-confidence and you start respecting yourself, of course, people want to see it as you being cocky and arrogant because that's not how they used to seeing you. And that is okay. You grew and it's okay to grow, but you also want to be humble as you have grown. You don't want to always rub it in somebody's face. I think that's the difference, always putting it out there. You don't always have to speak that you have self-confidence or that your self-esteem is high. People will see that. Now, <laughs> this was like nowhere in my line of questioning, but <laughs> I've honestly have have had an issue with that whole be humble thing now to me there's 
a a line of you know being cocky you know to me cocky is like bragging but my thing is if i'm feeling good and feeling you know feeling myself and my accomplishments and those things and somebody you know somebody say well valencia you know um you know you looking good or whatever you've accomplished a lot then i think that whole be humble thing like I don't like that if if you understand what I'm saying like why should I say because that be humble thing leads women to not be able to take compliments girl you know your outfit looks nice and instead of us saying thank you a lot of times we'll say um oh this whole thing you know I just pulled this out the closet because that's kind of how I look at like that whole be humble thing yeah and I, I get that part, but what you this is the I guess where the cockiness and the arrogance comes in. Somebody say, Oh girl, you look like you lost weight. Oh girl, yeah, I bet, huh? I really do look good. Like rubbing it in their face <laughs> would make you more cocky or arrogant rather than just saying, Thank you, I really appreciate it. Or girl, yeah, I did some sit ups. You wanna join me? You know, yeah, that would <laughs> that's a little humble. So nothing's wrong with that because you're not rubbing it in their face. You got to be mindful because we don't want other people to feel bad because we have grown. Okay. But if we're talking, look, I kind of go back to um, that Cat Williams joke and you probably know where I'm going. Maybe most of the audiences, I I love Cat Williams stand up and he talks about uh, self-esteem and he, one of the things he says, like, how can I mess up your self-esteem? It's esteem of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so how how am I, not saying me in particular, but how am I responsible for how somebody else feels about their self? We're not responsible about how somebody else feels about their self. However, we are responsible for how we make them feel. But if you, but if you like, okay, so I'm one of those people, I say stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I say I say stuff, I, I'm a very almost matter of fact person at times. So mm-hmm. I have un, unintentionally hurt people's feelings or they've taken something I've said the wrong way, even though what I said was true. So when I look at, my self-esteem and when I look at how when I started to you know work on my self-esteem and you know really work on me I had to control that and not give people power to be able to control that because I think when we look at I mean nobody wants anybody to talk to them ugly you know and if you're a good person you're not going to do that but at the end of the day I think it's not my responsibility to how somebody else feels about themselves. If that makes sense. It makes sense. It really (laughs) does make sense. (laughs) It really does make sense. But think about the type of people that we encounter on a day-to-day basis, who's mentally not there, cognitively, they're not there. Cause sometimes, like you said, you it's unintentional. But because their thought process is the way that it is, 
it can become intentional to them. And I'm, I'm trying and I definitely have gotten better over my 40 plus years of life. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think before I speak, but at the same time, I'm a little, I don't want to say a little unapologetic. Like, um, last year we went to Oklahoma to, um, my husband's niece, or I guess that's my niece as well, because we're married, graduation. And, you know, a few things happened there. And my sister-in-law, <laughs> I'm going to make sure she don't listen to this show. Um, her her feelings were hurt. She basically, something happened that made me mad. And because I was mad and how I reacted which didn't really have anything to do with her, but because I was mad, she got upset and so and started crying, right? And I was like, it's not that big of a deal. So to me, she blew it way out of proportion, right? And mm-hmm. she was crying and she was like, well, you hurt my feelings. And when somebody hurts somebody's feelings, they should apologize. <laughs> this is a whole therapy session. And I was like, I'm not going to apologize because your feelings got hurt because you're the one that had the the misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And so, and she was, she couldn't believe it because I think some people are just so um, ready or or uh, think people should just apologize. But I'm I'm like one of those people. I have a limited number of of apologies during my lifetime. So I make sure that if I, that I'm only, I only apologize for things I'm truly sorry for now, you know, but her, like I said, I unintentionally hurt her feelings according to her. And, and let me add this before, before you give me your assessment, (laughs) I, I did not apologize because it did not make sense for Mm -hmm. me to apologize for something I was not sorry for because she blew it out of proportion. That was a therapy session, Queen Donna. Listen, (laughs) let me get to you right quick. And it, it may not have been that you needed to apologize because you felt that you did not do anything wrong. To you, it wasn't a big deal, but to her, it was. So sometimes what I try to do is be mindful of that when I interact with people because the shoe could always be on the other foot and we would want that apology. Mm. Although they might not have intended it that way, that's the way that I receive it, if that makes sense. So again, that might've been a big deal to her something major for her but not to you and she just as you have your feelings she has her feelings too and her feelings are just as valid as your feelings when when we get off the show I'm gonna tell you the full situation because I will not expose the full situation on the show but when we get off I'm gonna tell you the full situation and I want to see if your opinion is still the same okay and uh, guys, I I will not tell y'all the full situation, 
but I will let y'all know if Queen Donna's opinion changes when she knows the full situation. Yeah. I'm definitely just throwing that out there. So how do you know, or how would somebody know if they have low self-esteem? It's all about how they interact with self, how they interact with others. Um, For a person who tends to isolate, they may have some low self-esteem. They may have some depression issues for individuals and also coming off rude and that cockiness coming off rude and cocky can sometimes mean they have that low self-esteem because they have to feel superior to someone else. They have to feel like they have control or they better than that person to build themselves up. Um, Also, just how someone carry themselves, if they comb their hair, if they dress nice, because some people don't care to comb their hair or dress nice. They just go out in public any kind of way. That can also be a sign of low self-esteem. If they're promis- um, some people are promiscuous and they do things for a certain reason or for a certain attention, that can mean that you have low self-esteem. Hmm. I'm looking at mm, probably about 85 to 90 percent of Louisiana's population. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you when you say those things, because I I think with low self-esteem, I've seen it from one extreme to the next where the people that don't care you know what they look like and then the people that will step on somebody else to make themselves feel better yes and I think a lot of people don't realize like when I look at cocky people I you know they have to brag on what they have and everything else even though nobody acts I'm like, yeah, they have low self-esteem because if, you know, like if they really knew me, they know that I don't care, you know, about, especially when it comes to materialistic things, because that kind of stuff comes and goes. But I think a lot of people build their self-esteem off of that, especially when you look at, you know, if you so focus on social media It does. um, And I'm sorry, guys, I was trying to gather my thoughts, but because I've read a study and there's a lot of studies out there in videos, how social media has, you know, destroying people's mental health, um, their self-esteem, but Photoshop and those little apps are a fool, you know? And I think people don't realize that even with, Um, When you see people with um, taking pictures on a really nice car in a really nice house, that don't mean it's theirs. If if that's what you want to present to the world, go to an open house Mm -hmm. and take a picture. Not saying you should, but it's really that easy. I think a lot of times self-esteem comes from the outside, you know, like, material I don't want to say just materialistic things but people with low self-esteem I look at it that maybe it has more to do with how they're internalizing outside factors your thoughts yes especially when they feel like they have to compare themselves um to someone that can even decrease your self-esteem even more because it's like I don't have what they have or I want what they have 
I need to see what I could do to get what they have. And then we don't even know if what they have is even real. Hmm. So they, they, they portray a lot on social media, but yet people compare themselves. And I used to be one of them people. Like I used to compare myself a lot to other people. Oh, I don't have this relationship that they have. I don't have this um, car. I don't have this job. I'm not making what they make. But now it's more, you have to be okay with it because they, you don't know what they had to do to get what they have, if they really have it. We don't know if they had it. We just know that's what they portray on Facebook. And if you know some of your friends based on what they portray on Facebook, sometimes it's, it's not all that is cracked up to be. Hmm. Hashtag amen. Cause I, I would see stuff. <laughs> My friends proved. And when I say friends, I'm talking about social media friends, people that I know maybe a little bit more than social media, but not quite friends, friends. And when you know people's situation and then they post something different on social media, to like me, it. that's all the proof you need that it's, it's a show because I've had people that I know ain't have two pennies to rub together. And then, but what they're posting on social media was like the complete opposite, you know, look from some, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, uh, uh-uh. so let me ask you this. How often are you on social media? Um, um, Often. <laughs> I'm on there often right now. I'm fasting from it, but before it was like every day, every hour, whenever I get a free free break, anything, I was just on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, so you're how long have you been fasting from it? Um Sunday will make Monday will make a week. Do you find that your that you're more at peace with yourself being off of social media or are you having uh what they call it FOMO fear of missing out? Um, no fear of missing out. Um, I actually have more time to do things that I need to get done. So I can say I'm a little more at peace without it. Mm. I don't think I'm missing out on anything because if I am, I have the friends that's probably going to call and tell me about it anyway. Right. So I don't think I'm missing out at all. When I think about um, just me not being on social media as much as I have been in the past, and this all started like in September of last year, I feel like more at peace. So I could understand where those studies come from as far as social media affecting your mental health or, you know, maybe even your self-esteem a little bit. And I would see, you know, like you, I would see people with new cars and be like, dang, I want that. But wait a minute, I'm not trying to start over with a whole new car note. I think when I was able to reason with myself and get back into myself, like social media is like, now it, it works my nerves. Like literally, I go on there every blue moon to post, I check in with my private group which is the define you queens community it's almost like i missed the days before social media you know because we have you know i don't know how old you are but i'm old enough to remember where social media wasn't a thing yeah and it social media has caused a lot of issues and i 
children and adolescent lives because everybody wants to have it. Kids wants to have it. They have to be in a know. They have to show off things for people. And it, it has really caused a lot. How how long have you been a um in in the field of counseling? This year will make eight years. This okay. Year so do you see that you know, since the rise of social media and it's steadily rising, seems like, do you see where people are having more issues with their self-esteem? As far as kids, I would say yes. Not as far as adults, because I don't work with many adults um, that does social mm-hmm. media like that. But as far as the kids, because they feel like they have to have it. They have to have it. Mm. They have to post their new sneakers. You know, you have to have the latest cell phone and things like that. Hmm. I, when my son was growing up, um, and he's 22, about to be 23 now, so he's had social media his whole whatever teen through early adulthood. But when he would post stuff, and I would make sure I was friends with him. <laughs> Wherever he was, I was. So... <laughs> Um, which is really why I actually got on social media to see what he was doing. But when he would post stuff like, you know, and he would get paid and post money or post his shoes, I'm like, I'm a real mama. I would say, boy, take that off social media. That's how people get hit in their head. Cause people right. think you got a hundred pairs of shoes over here. And then I'm sticking the dogs on one of your teenage friends. That's the kind of mama I am. I tell him that kind of stuff to this day, but he doesn't do that stuff because I would go all the way to the extreme with it. Extreme as it is, I know that kind of stuff happens. It really does. And people be stay lurking. Right. Just to see, you know, what, what they have. Now, earlier you mentioned almost, you know, like about your self-esteem issues. At what point in time and why do you did you suffer from low self-esteem or maybe not so high self-esteem? I suffered from self-esteem due to rejection. Um, My dad wasn't a part of my life. Um, Also sexual abuse that I have experienced. And that that's the part where I really just felt like I wasn't worth anything. He took my innocence. So I'm going to give it, give myself to other people because my innocence is already gone. Um, so that, and I've dealt with that, I think, until I was maybe 25, 25-ish, 26 um, I have dealt with that. That's when I came out and told my mom about the sexual abuse that I experienced. And that's when the healing process began for me. And just having, ver- I had verbal abuse from my, grand- um, my grandparents, really my grandmother, until she passed. Me and my sister experienced verbal abuse from them. You know, you're never going to be anything. You're going to be a hoe just like your mom. That's the type of things I kept hearing. And then I go to school and get teased, so it didn't make it any better. So, yeah, it really messed with my self-esteem a lot. One one thing I've noticed, at least from the women that I've talked to that have dealt with um, some sort of self-esteem issues where it led into other behaviors. Uh, One thing a lot of people have in common, a lot of the women is um, some form of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And that's 
crazy. I don't think people talk about it enough. Um, and that may be a topic that we that I have to explore on on the show definitely because it seems to be a common denominator of a lot of women that, you know, go from pain to purpose or, you know, however you want to say it, sexual abuse really tends to be that common denominator. And on, I don't know if you watch my 600 pound life or not, but one of the things that I noticed with a lot of the women they have on there mm-hmm. is sexual. A lot of them suffered from were violated as children. I don't want to clean it up and make it cute. That's what it was. Somebody violated them as children and they had, you know, had low self-esteem and they ate kind of, you know, that emotional eating and then they ate to make themselves less. Maybe that person wouldn't continue to violate them. If I'm not that attractive. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Hmm. So, you know, you went through low self-esteem, things that were thrown in there to make that your situation. How did you build yourself up? How did you boost your self-esteem? And how can, you know, what can women do if they have self-esteem issues? Well, for me, um, it was through my last breakup um, where I realized I had to do something different that I needed to be alone and work on me. I I love positive affirmations. So I use that. I used to tell myself, you're going to conquer the day. Girl, you got this. You know, I could beat this. But I also had to accept the fact that everything happened. Um, my pastor preached a sermon one year when it had to happen. And that, too, helped me realize and accept that everything I went through had to happen so I could become the person that I needed to be. So I can have a testimony and help other women overcome, too. And I also surrounded myself with positive people. Um, That's very important. I had people to uplift me um, when I felt down. But just getting in my words, saying those positive affirmations, surrounding myself with those positive people, that helped me boost my self-confidence and my self-esteem and also my self-respect because I just don't tolerate a lot of stuff no more. (laughs) So, you know, just that. And then, you know, as far as how other people can build their self-esteem, start surrounding yourself with positive people. But first, accept everything that has happened, whether it was good, bad, ugly, You know, you really didn't like it. Just getting to the place of acceptance, no longer denying it, no longer trying to figure out why. Because at the end of the day, sometimes you don't get those uh, questions answered. There's not a why, you know, that's going to get answered for you. So just being able to accept it for what it was and how you want to move on from it. Because some people don't want to move on. Some people want to always play the victim. So. Mm that too um, has a part to play. I didn't want to be a victim anymore. I wanted to be a victor. I wanted to overcome it. So just setting your heart on wanting to overcome everything you've been through. And it, it takes time. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes years and years and years and then more years. 
But if you put in the work, the work will pay off. Mm. And it's, I, I love everything you said is very similar to my process. Even your background is very similar to mine. Um, but one of the things that helped me, because, you know, and I've talked about it on the show before mm-hmm. that, you know, I was molested as a, as a child as well what kind of kept me in that dark space was uh, people knew and nobody did anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like all the time has passed, get over it, which, you know, I'm sure a lot of women and men can relate to hearing that statement. And But because I couldn't get over it, it's not that I wanted an apology, but I wanted it to be like, okay, this person did this, you know, and kind of everybody be mad at him type thing. I don't, or like not deal with him. Cause I'm telling you he's a pervert, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I realized that what I wanted wasn't and still to this day hadn't happened. And like you said, I didn't want to feel victimized. Cause when you feel victimized, other people, control that right because if if you're the victim that means there's a um oppressor so to speak Mm -hmm. so I had to take my power back I let it be known how I felt and I wrote about it I made no apologies about it and my exact words was don't you know don't offend a writer don't victimize or try to victimize a writer you know I did change the names to protect the guilty but that's how I started taking my power back and realized that there's nothing wrong with me. You know, um, my mom was married to a man that didn't like me because I look like my dad's family. So he would say things. So from a very young age, before my self-esteem really had time to develop, I had things outside of me pushing it down or, or breaking it before I had time to even know what self-esteem was and so you know I would say that if that's what you're going through or if that's what you went through it you know like Queen Donna said accept what happened but you have to decide you're not going to be the victim one thing I've learned me being who I am today is the best not saying I encourage revenge but y'all listen to my statement it is the best revenge to know regardless of what was done to you you didn't break come on yes you know but I had to make that decision and if you are dealing with low self-esteem like Queen Donna said you got to do them affirmations and it may seem crazy it may seem like they don't work but neither does doing one sit-up mind you I am a one sit-up person which is why I don't have my six pack, but I've given that up. I don't need a six pack. I'm over 40. So that's why I'm at with that. It's really a lifestyle change. That's just like when we're trying to go on a diet again, like when we're trying to lose weight, you're going to have to change something in order for that weight to come off. So with your self-esteem, you're going to have to change something to boost it. You're going to have to do something different, something you've never done. Speak positivity into yourself. 
because you're the only person that have control over your life, your thoughts, your feelings. Mm. Something else you mentioned, I kind of want to hit a little bit. Mm-hmm. You talked about you had to change the people you were around. How much does being around the right people help your self-esteem? Um, they could boost your self-esteem. Uh, I have friends who they're very supportive. Anything I, I host or anything, they're very supportive. When I want to quit, they're like, no, Donna, you have to do this. Like people need, you know, people need this. So you have to do this. You have to get it out. Those are the type of people that you want to hang around. You don't want to hang around somebody, you know, you tell them you want to quit and they'd be like, okay, you know, go ahead and quit. You didn't need to do it anyway. You don't want to hang around those type of people. Those are downers. Hang around people that's going to lift up your spirits. When you're ready to go fight somebody, they'll calm you <laughs> down before you go do it. Those are the type of people you want to hang, hang around with. Hang around like-minded people. People that want to see you go places, but people you also want to see go places. And you build each other up. Iron sharpens iron. Mm. Hashtag amen. So one one last question. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know sometimes people will recognize, because I know a women, a lot of women like this, they will recognize that somebody they're hanging around is not a good friend or not good for their their self-esteem. What is the best way to cut off? Now, my process is different. I'm not going to share with you guys because y'all would be like, oh, Valencia is mean. I'm not mean. Life is too short for me to play games. Mm -hmm. But for other people, how do you recommend that they start to, you know, uh, loosen those ties with other people? I would recommend having boundaries. Um, If you start to notice that somebody is no longer for you, limit the information that you give them, limit the amount of time that you spend with them because you don't need anything to drain you. You need some, you need people that's going to pour into you. So you're going to have to assess your relationships, assess your circles, assess your friends and place them in their proper place. Um, you might have a friend that can uplift you. You'll put her in that category. You might have a friend that downs you on the low, put them in that kind of, you know, that category. Just being able to recognize the different traits that your friends have, align them up with the traits that you have. And if they don't go, if they don't mix, then have those boundaries so you can eventually weed them out. Because you don't need anybody that's going to bring you down. It's time for us to build each other up. So you don't need anybody that's going to bring you down. It's time to weed them out. You, you're so uh, sweet and politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to cut people off. Like I used to cut people. I, I used to be so rude. I remember when I was going to school for criminal justice, one of the professors was I can't remember the word he said, but he was like, you'll be a good lawyer because you just don't cut any corners. You don't care what you say. You don't care how you say it. You don't care who feelings you hurt. But that was Donna from a hurt stance and not where I am now. So now I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. But while I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, best believe that I'm placing some boundaries up as well. You're not going to cut me again. 
<laughs> I heard that bass in your voice at the end. <laughs> I, I am very much in between what you said. Um, I will, because I, I will kind of take a moment and like, okay, is this like, is this me or is it them? Like, am I taking things the wrong way or are they really this, you know, negative person? And so I will give it like, you know, okay, once something happens, I'll debate to figure out if it's me or them. And if I figure out, you know, and then next, the next time something happens, it will be confirmation. At that point, it's just like, you. I have this thing and somebody told me this, I have a way of just making people invisible. I will not answer texts, phone calls. I will unfriend you on any social media basically I would make it like you didn't exist not saying that's what I'm advising you guys to do but this is how I do things because I'm a very giving person to the people that I call if you get a friend title from me like this is my friend that takes a whole lot that means a whole lot to me and if you violate that in some way, shape, or form, then I'm just going to make you abracadabra. Disappear. You disappeared. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a pattern. People have to pay attention to pattern. Right. Right. Because like they say, hindsight is twenty twenty, And that's, I think, is one of the things that make me mad. Because if I like cut somebody off, And then I'll start going back to like my whole time of being, you know, associated with them. And I'm like, dang, Valencia, you ain't see this from the first day. But life is a learning experience. Do you have, um, because you know what time it is, it's time for this session's homework. Yes, yes. I really want everybody to really go back and evaluate their circle, assess their circle. Assess what your friends bring to the table. Assess what you're pouring out. We need to see if that matches up. Because if it doesn't align, then we need to set some boundaries so we can eventually weed them out. When you figure that out, you could either set boundaries or you start blocking numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Queen Donna, how can the audience get in touch with you and connect with you? You can get in touch with me through social media. I'm on Facebook under Donna Barnes. Also on on Instagram at higher underscore above average 2015. I also have a business page, Gracefully Purpose Counseling on Instagram that you can reach me at. You can also reach me through email at gracefullypurpose at gmail.com. Well, of course, it has been a... pleasure talking to you and um i'm gonna work on setting boundaries instead of cutting people off but no promises no promises no promises <laughs> i just do like the like the song used to say back in the day i i pour a 40 to your memories <laughs> yes but always remember it might be a reason they still there that's all i gotta say well, thank, thank you so much, Queen Donna. And thank you, kings and queens, for listening to Define You Radio. If you got something out of today's session, you have a question, concern, or comments, maybe you need some advice on how to cut people off or how to categorize them, make sure you let us know on 
our social media, the Define You on Facebook and Instagram. Share the, today's show with your friends, family, foes, and even the people you cut off. Subscribe and leave a review. And remember, your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition. And what you do with that is up to you.